Hi, this is Ellen Shu. Welcome to the What Drives You podcast. Today, I'm with my husband, Paul Shute, who was also a clinical social worker. And Paul and I today are going to talk about driving through the holiday season and what happens in our cars during this time of year. That's great, Ellen. And I, I was kind of curious as, we're, as we think about this, we're, getting, we're going to be getting back into our cars this year. So for many people, holidays mean getting back into their childhood cars that they've been away from for some time. I'm wondering how that would maybe affect people during the holidays. Yeah, so I I think of the holidays as being a potentially intense time for people as culturally we we think about holidays as a time for families and for many people um, it means getting back into a family car that maybe they're not in on a regular basis. And if they go to visit family, if they're with other families, if families come to visit them. And when that happens, um, for a lot of people, they have a lot of feelings about it. And I, I would think that they would have a lot of anxieties. I've talked to people that their anxiety is very much provoked during the holiday season. And I would think it fits into the car concept. Yes, I, I would agree with you. Um, for some people, it could be things like anxiety. For some people, they would say that it was more about depression. For some people, they just think, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, it, it just might feel overwhelming on some level. Um, and they might not have a real word to put to it. But yes, for a lot of people, the holidays bring up um, some intense feelings. I'm sure that does. Yeah. I mean, I think about my, my own family. Um, yeah. And boy, going back and, and being with my siblings is um, almost traumatizing to a point. Yes. Um, I, I was actually going to bring that up myself about... Uh, the first time that I ever saw you in the context of your family car when you were a child, um, maybe say a couple sentences about your family car when you were a child. Well, you know, it was a it was a very compact car. I'm the youngest of five boys, and we always seemed to have a, I guess, a Dodge station wagon or a Plymouth station wagon, and one of those two, and we all had our seats in the car and. My seat was in the way back, looking out the rear view uh, mirror or the window of, of the car. I was interacting with the people that were driving behind us as opposed to the people in the car. And that's pretty much how my life went um, for many years until, you know, things until my brothers left and so on and so forth. But uh, that's where my spot was. So it's interesting because. The first time that I saw you in the context of your older brothers, uh, I, I like to tell people as I describe it that I had known you for many years at that point, but had never seen you in that context until maybe we had known each other for three or four years. And then the first time that I saw you with a couple of your older brothers, I basically thought you were unrecognizable. I did not know that it was the same person that I knew in another context. And when you talk about 
looking out the back window, being in the back seat of the car and looking out the back window and waving at the other cars behind you because you were the baby of the family and that's where you were relegated to, basically. It helps me make sense of what happened when I saw you with your brothers, which was that you immediately turned into the baby of the family who was trying to get recognized, trying to be seen as like one of the boys rather than as the baby. And your brothers were very busy trying to keep you in your baby place. And they had all kinds of very interesting ways of trying to do that, that I really was only able to understand through the metaphor of the car. And, and it's ironic because I think about it now and I, you know, even to this day, uh, and as much as I'm aware of, of things or how my family has, has evolved, I'm still in that position. And as much as I fight it, I still do. Um, they, my brothers, uh, bless her heart, still, still see me as the, the baby brother. And gosh, we're all well over our, we're into our sixties and seventies now. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I, as you, yes, it is. Well. It's very interesting. So to me, that story highlights really what happens to us when we go home, when we revisit our family of origin in a different context, perhaps now than when we grew up in that family. Can I say one thing about that? You know, no matter how many years of education I might have or how many college degrees I might have or how much life experience I have, I still fall back into that childhood spot whenever I'm with my brothers. And I'm sure that there are many people who are listening today that have the same experience. And I'm wondering how that, um, how does that, how do those memories, because it's a very profound memory for me. How does that, how does that, uh, how can you explain that? What is, give me, give me a good example of that. Well, so the interesting thing about life and the situations in life is that our bodies actually experience these things before our brains make sense of them. So, so it's visceral. So it's visceral. It is this yeah. one. It's mm -hmm. in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So when you are in the vicinity of your childhood car, your body experiences that in the same way that it used to when you were a little boy. That's how your body learned to be in that car. And our bodies really don't unlearn that so much. So when you get back into the car now, your body actually thinks that you're a little boy and it's going to have its reactions. It's going to have its feelings. Um, it may provoke memories, things that you think about. The, the, the really interesting thing is that when our bodies do that, it actually provokes us to act in ways that our body feels are appropriate for those feelings. So when I saw you with your brothers, I would say that your actions with them were, all of your actions, not just yours, but theirs too, were very much the actions of little boys 
little boys who were trying to vie for their position in the family. And, and so those same default behaviors still come out today when we revisit our car. I just know that when, when I'm with my brothers, even just recently, you know, I have one brother who absolutely has to control every moment and has to schedule things, you know, that people are, you know, that everybody is supposed to fit into. And of course, my other brother who sits here and goes, oh, no, I'm not going to play that. And then I'm here in the middle trying to uh, appease or please these other two brothers. It is so anxiety provoking, uh, Ellen. I, I, my, my body literally, I, I feel like I go through a, a panic and a anxiety and I'm, I'm, I'm so hypervigilant around them that um and, and again i know this is going to happen but yet i can't help it it is there it is, like you said it's me it, it is just there i i'm not i'm never going to shake that as much as i i guess i understand it but I, I i wonder if there is anything that you would even suggest that i could possibly do to deal with that yes i think the very most important thing that we can do is to notice it <laughs> is to say whoa my body is, say to ourselves, my body is really reacting right now. And the process of acknowledging it and speaking it to ourselves, we might say, I, I have angst, I'm angry, this, this makes me mad, I don't like this, um, whatever it is that we would say. And sometimes we have negative thoughts about us, and sometimes we have negative thoughts about our siblings or our other family members, like, oh, he drives me crazy. I can't stand that. I can't stand that. I can't. But all of those negative thoughts are generated by our body's reaction. Mm -hmm. So I always believe that it's important for us to have an awareness and to acknowledge that this is how we feel. Okay. It's an interesting thing because in 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 my car growing up i was the only child and my childhood experience was being alone in the back seat with two parents who were very much engaged with each other but not with me and um just recently a couple of weeks ago you and i took a trip together with our son-in-law and i found myself in this driving trip for 5 hours with you and him in the front seat and me in the back seat by myself. And I found myself actually feeling like I needed to make sure that I was included. I needed to, to, to engage you both. So because for me, my body just wants to sink back into the corner and and not be noticed and not be participatory. And so my body had that body reaction. It wasn't related to the holidays or visiting old family, but it was related to a situation that triggered my body during that time. And so I kept saying to myself during this trip, like, you're okay. This is not that car. Those people in the front seat will engage with you. All you have to do is say something or talk or something, and they will engage with you. And I really had to work on myself during that trip. 
And some people may say that that's just sort of silly, but it isn't silly. My body experienced that as potentially that same situation over again. I can believe it. I mean, as we're, you know, and, and it's funny because as I think about that trip, um, I had the impression that you were um, looking forward to being back there by yourself, looking on a computer. So I guess I didn't realize that that, that was going on for you, but it makes sense. It certainly does. I, I think the important thing about that is that I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. And I think that with the holidays, a lot of times we have these expectations that it's going to be wonderful. And then we get there and our bodies start reacting and we're not sure what's going on, but we are not feeling wonderful. So it's just our bodies and our bodies are just trying to let us know that at some point in our life, this might have been a different experience for us. And that's okay. We're just, we're just human. So I'm kind of curious as we're, you know, this, as we continue to talk about this, a lot of things going through my head, but I'm, I'm wondering, you know, a lot of people are navigating different kind of holidays these days. I mean, you have Hanukkah, you have New Year's, you have uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving we just had. And, and, and of course, um, the biggest issue that we're dealing with right now is the pandemic and how all this plays into this. And it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult time in the country, for sure. So I'm wondering how, you know, we're, we're, these cars are going to be divided. We're driving in separate cars. We're, we're still coming together, but we're bringing other people into these cars now in the holidays. We're bringing our own children. We're bringing our grandchildren. You know, we're meeting our siblings' children while you're, like you said, you're uh, an only child. But again, I'm not. And, and so we're, you know, we're bringing all these people now. How, how, is, how is that? How does that play into to what's going on right now? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that a lot of people are having to navigate the holidays in different ways than they're used to. I think that a lot of it is related to the pandemic and people who are not wanting to travel, people who are not wanting to get together in large gatherings that some people might be used to, people who are worried about um, illness, sickness, uh, and all of the other things that go with the pandemic are definitely changing the way that many people are celebrating the holidays now. It, it, for some families, it might have been in the past that we would bring our, our, our new family, the car that we created, and we would mix it together with the new families of our siblings, and it, it would make for one sort of giant family. But because of the pandemic, many people are not able to do that now. So a lot of people are creating new traditions, uh, perhaps with less people separated from other members of their family and and needing to try to find the holiday joy with the new traditions. As I hear you talk, Alan, I hear I, this, this just jumps up into my my head, I, I, I think you're describing um, fear as opposed to anxiety and depression. And, and that, I think right now, is an overwhelming feeling that, 
that people have. Could you maybe expound on that a little bit? Yes. Um, this time that we're living in of going on two years of a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic, is has deep ramifications for how we are functioning emotionally. And even for people whose lives have not really changed very much as a result, we are living in an atmosphere right now of fear. Fear is permeating everything. I, I talk about the concept of angst. To me, angst is the feeling that we get that's not really fear, but it's just a feeling of anticipatory something. I don't know. Um, mm. and a feeling that something might happen or we're worried about something or something, anything that would keep us from just being peaceful and in the moment. And all humans have angst and all humans angst sort of goes up and down depending on the circumstances of their life. And I used to say before the pandemic that we would wake up in the morning maybe at 10% angst, and then it would go up throughout the day as, you know, we, we dropped the glass, as we had to come to a sudden stop in the car, as we got an email that we didn't like, or whatever circumstances there are during the day that would elevate our angst. But from my experience as a therapist and working with clients over these last two years, I understand that people are waking up now at about 30 or 40%. So then when the days take us higher, things feel more intolerable than we're used to. And that is a really important thing when it comes to extended families living in uh, divided or different types of ideas about how they should live their lives, it raises our angst even more. And it used to be that perhaps getting together with our extended family was a time that might have lowered our angst, but now those things are additional reasons to actually that actually make us feel more and more uncomfortable. What do we do about that? Well, if we have if we are creating new rituals around the holidays because of the circumstances in the world right now. Let me stop you real quick. I just want to ask you, it is so is it okay to begin new rituals right now? That's that's for me is a big thing. So I don't feel okay to do that. Is it okay? I believe that new rituals are important, but I also believe that we need to mourn the loss of the old rituals. Well, you, well, you know, I've lost two brothers and, and, and that's a big part of what's going on for me. And I wanted to, I, I, I sometimes feel that it's not okay. I'm still in that place of the baby brother. My, my family has obviously evolved and I hopefully would evolve, but I still have a, a, a grief. I, I have deep, deep, I'm grieving. I'm, I'm having a hard time, even though it's been a while. Yes, you, you have grief over the losses, but there's a lot of families right now that are 
creating different rituals because they're not able to have the same old rituals. So that is a different kind of grief, but they're both grief and they both involve mourning. I I know this sounds a little maybe, I don't know, uh, a little simple, but I, I guess what I would like someone or you to say that it's okay for, for me to, to, to create new rituals and new things in my life. I, I, I feel like people are, are stuck. They, they don't feel like it's okay to do that. You know what I mean? I, I, I wonder how you could talk on that issue a little bit. I believe that life presents us with many opportunities for new rituals. There isn't any way to grow and develop as an individual or as a family unit without having to change what we do at times. Sometimes those changes involve positive things that make us change what we do. For example, things like having a new baby or a child deciding to be partnered Um, there are lots and lots of ways that our old traditions change and morph as we grow and develop. But sometimes new rituals follow a loss. And those kinds of changes in the car can become especially noticeable at the holiday season. So if you return home, uh, whatever home may be, home to the old car and this is the first year that there's an empty seat in that car everybody's bodies feel that everybody's bodies in the car feel the emptiness of that seat which is why the holidays can be especially painful times for people who have experienced losses in the past year the car has to realign The car has to create new rituals about those empty seats. And every car does it differently and, and can honor the person in that seat differently. The hope is, is that there is able to be a a public sort of um, conversation about it, that this is hard that we miss that person, that everybody can participate in in that conversation as they would by either speaking or listening, but that it is acknowledged. That same acknowledgement of um, public feelings, of group feelings, of family feelings is just as important as acknowledging our own thoughts and feelings that are in our heads at the time. It's, 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 uh, I, I'm sitting here thinking as you're talking about that, that I don't believe that I've been in the same car with my brothers in a very long time. But even though we don't drive in the same car, we still talk about things as if we were in the car. Um, I, I guess I talked to my, my, my brother, uh, John, who, is next to me and, 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 and I can say things to him that I'm not able to say to my other brother. He's older. And we, it, it, I, I, I desperately try to engage with both of them, but we're, I'm still stuck in that 
that uh, that original car, boy, I, I see it so clearly. I I um, I can talk to them individually, but I can't talk to them together. That makes sense. If if you think about it, when when the three of you who are left are together, there's a lot of palpable and poignant things that are going on right there. <laughs> Primarily, there's two people missing. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they have gone. They are no longer with us. And there's also the the repositioning of how you sit in the car. And your older brother, the oldest of your two brothers, I'm assuming that when he grew up, he was much more in the front seat. If you and John were in the way back, he was much more closer to the front of the car. And so when the three of you are together, it's hard for him to not try to be up there in, in the front and try to keep both of you in the back together. And those dynamics are just really powerful. A lot of times we can't put words to it, but our bodies feel it. And that's why it may be difficult. So I'm kind of curious, as, you know, this is very, you know, like I say, pointed for me when I do sit with my brothers, it's usually with uh, other members of my my cousins now, or my nephews, or other people. It's funny, I engage them more about what it was like in my car than I do my own brothers. So I'm wondering, how how do we manage this during the holidays? I would love to be able to engage more uh, with my brothers, but I guess that that fear and those, those feelings are still very prominent in me. I, I'm wondering what to do. I, I, I notice the thoughts and I notice the feelings, but I, I kind of don't know what to do with them. I'm still driven by those anxieties and, and traumas and fears. Could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yes. So we we talked about acknowledging. So the goal is to be able to be in the moment, to be present in the moment, to not have our body sensations and thoughts and overwhelm us, to be able to just be right here, right now, in any given moment. And the way to be in the moment is with some type of mindfulness activity. There's trillions of them out there. The, the easiest mindfulness activity that I use is basically a three-step process, and it can take a split second to do. It is that I'm able to think to myself, whoa, I'm feeling something hard right now or heavy or overwhelmed or I don't like this. I can acknowledge it to myself. I then do a simple blink of my eyes. I take a breath, a quick breath. I try to move a little bit in my seat because changing my body position can really help me. And I look around really briefly and realize that right in this second, right now, right here, right now, I'm okay. That, that's that's important. That's a big statement because if you just as you said that to me, um, I really want to be okay when I'm with 
the, in that situation now. That's the big change. I don't think I've felt okay for a long time. But as I understand it, I want to have more compassion for myself. And how do how do you see that? How does that play into um, your thoughts here? I, I I mean I can acknowledge myself and I can say I'm okay, but uh, I, I, I it's just hard. It's hard for me, and I don't know how to uh, address it. So the process of self compassion is about being able to say to yourself, "I am feeling this. This is old in my body." It's okay. It's just what my body was used to feeling. And to have compassion for yourself is to allow yourself to know that that's hard, that it, it's, it, it was a hard feeling. The goal of having compassion for yourself is that you're neither mad at yourself for having these hard feelings, nor are you mad at anybody else for provoking these hard feelings. You're simply focusing on yourself and giving yourself permission to have the hard feelings. See, that's really helpful for me because, look, I'm not going to change my car. My <laughs> that's car right. is my car. And, and I'm not, it is what it is. But if I can focus on myself, if I can acknowledge the feelings that I'm having, I'm not going to be able to change anybody else. And nor do I want to. Um, that would be an impossible task. So really, I, I, the goal has to be me. That's exactly right. The goal has to be you. When your body was young and developed these feelings and reactions, the world really was not safe for you. You were a little person. You did not have the adult resources that you have now to keep yourself safe. Your brothers were always much bigger than you. They were physically threatening to you. Life did not feel safe to you then. But the fact of the matter is, is that you are not in danger anymore. No one is going to, to hurt you now. It's just that your body has the old feelings that this is dangerous. And when your body developed those feelings, it was right. It was dangerous. Your brothers had the ability to pick you up and throw you wherever they wanted, and they did that. So, and, my, and my parents didn't really do much to take exactly. care of that either. So, <laughs> so this reaction that your body has is logical. This is all self-compassion that you're doing right now. You're understanding why your body has this strong reaction, because it used to feel dangerous to you. You were not in control, but you are in control now. No one is going to hurt you. Certainly neither of those two people are going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, so that anymore. your body's reactions to them are no need to be soothed. That's what we mean by self-compassion. Imagine you as a little boy and an adult saying to you, it's okay, I gotcha, it's okay, don't worry, I won't let them hurt you. Mm -hmm. that's what you're going to try to do to yourself now is say, it's okay. For me, blinking, looking around, taking a breath reminds me that in this moment, everything is okay. And that's accessible to any of us at any time, 
and can be a really, really useful thing to bring us back to the moment out of our fear or angst and able to participate and get as much as we can out of the holidays. Thank you. That's very helpful. I, I, I just wanted to just say one more thing as, as we've listened or I've listened to you throughout this podcast. Um, I, I have just very vivid memories of how things used to be in the holidays and they're not that they're not like that anymore, but they're better. They really are better. And uh, thank you. I feel a little bit more at peace after talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for talking today about the holidays. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And be sure to check out my website at ellenyshoot.com for other podcast episodes and blog posts. Thank you very much.